Section 14 of the United States. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Piotr Nate. The World's Story, Volume 13, The United States. Edited by Eva March Tappan. Section 14. A New England Thanksgiving Dinner in 1779. By Juliana Smith. Dear Cousin Betsy, when Thanksgiving Day was approaching, our dear Grandmother Smith, nay Jerusha Mother, great-granddaughter of the Reverend Richard Mother of Dorchester, Massachusetts, who is sometimes a little desponding of spirit, as you well know, did her best to persuade us that it would be better to make it a day of fasting and prayer, in view of the wickedness of our friends, etc., the vileness of our enemies. I am sure you can hear Grandmother say that, and see her shake her cup border. But indeed there was some occasion for her remarks, for our resistance to an unjust authority has cost our beautiful coast towns very dear, the last year, and all of us have had much to suffer. But my dear father brought her to a more proper frame of mind, so that by the time the day came she was ready to enjoy it almost as well as Grandmother Worthington did, and she, you will remember, always sees the bright side. In the meanwhile, we had all of us been working hard to get all things in readiness to do honour to the day. This year it was Uncle Simeon's turn to have the dinner at his house, but of course we all help them as they helped us when it is our turn, and there is always enough for us all to do. All the baking of pies and cakes was done at our house, and we had the big oven heated and filled twice, each day, for three days, before it was all done, and everything was good, though we did have to do without some things that ought to be used. Neither love nor money could buy raisins, but our good red cherries dried without the pits did almost as well, and happily Uncle Simeon still had some spices in store. The tables were set in the dining hall, and even that big room had no space to spare when we were all seated. The servants had enough ado to get around the table and serve us all without oversetting things. There were our two grandmothers side by side. They are always handsome old ladies, but now many thought they were handsomer than ever, and happy they were able to look around upon so many of their descendants. Uncle and Aunt Simeon preside at one table, and father and mother at the other. Besides us five boys and girls, there were two of the Gales and three Elmers, besides James Brown and Ephraim Coles. We had them at our table, because they could be best supervised there. Most of the students had gone to their own homes for the weeks, but Mr. Skiff and Mr. Blank were too far away from their homes. They sat at Uncle Simeon's table, and so did Uncle Paul and his family, five of them in all, and cousins Finn and Paul. Then there were six of the Livingston family next door. They had never seen a Thanksgiving dinner before, having been used to keep Christmas Day instead, as is the wont in New York and Province. Then there were four old ladies who have no longer homes or children of their own, and so came to us. They were invited by my mother, but uncle and Aunt Simeon wished it so. Of course we could have no roast beef. None of us have tasted beef this three years back, as it all must go to the army, and too little they get, poor fellows. But my quittimost hunters were able to get us a fine red deer, so that we had a good haunch of venison on each table. These were balanced by huge chines of roast pork at the other ends of the table. Then there was on one a big roast turkey, 
and on the other a goose and two big pigeon pasties. Then there was an abundance of good vegetables of all the old sorts, and one which I do not believe you have yet seen. Uncle Simeon had imported the seed from England just before the war began, and only this year was there enough for table use. It is called celery, and you eat it without cooking. It is very good served with meats. Next year Uncle Simeon says he will be able to raise enough to give us all some. It has to be taken up, roots and all, and buried in earth in the cellar, through the winter, and only pulling up some when you want it to use. Our mince pies were good, although we had to use dried cherries, as I told you, and the meat was shoulder of venison instead of beef. The pumpkin pies, apple tarts, and the big Indian puddings lacked for nothing save appetites by the time we had to get around to them. Of course we had no wine. Uncle Simeon has still a cask or two, but it must all be saved for the sick, and indeed for those who are well, good cider is a sufficient substitute. There was no plum pudding, but a boiled suet pudding, stirred thick with dried plums and cherries, was called by the old name and answered the purpose. All the other spice had been used in the mince pies, so for this pudding we used a jar of West India preserved ginger which chanced to be left of the last shipment which Uncle Simeon had from there. We chopped the ginger small and stirred it through with the plums and cherries. It was extraordinary good. The day was bitter cold, and when we got home from meeting, which father did not keep over long by reason of the cold, we were glad enough of the fire in uncle's dining room, but by the time the dinner was one half over, those of us who were on the fireside of one table was forced to get up and carry our plates with us around to the far side of the other table, while those who had sat there were glad to bring their plates around to the fireside to get warm all but the old ladies who had a screen put behind their chairs uncle simeon was in his best mood and you know how good that is he kept both tables in a roar of laughter with his droll stories of the days when he was studying medicine in edinburgh and afterwards he and father and uncle paul joined in singing hymns and ballads you know how fine their voices go together then we all sang a hymn and afterwards my dear father led us in prayer remembering all absent friends before the throne of grace and much i wished that my dear betsy was here as one of us as she has been of yore we did not rise from the table until it was quite dark and when the dishes had been cleared away we all got around the fire as close as we could and cracked nuts and sang songs and told stories at least some told and others listened you know nobody can exceed the two grandmothers at telling tales of all the things they have seen themselves and repeating those of the early years in new england and even some in the old england which they had heard in their youth from their elders my father says it is a goodly custom to hand down all worthy deeds and traditions from father to son as the israelites were commanded to do about the passover and as the indians here have always done because the word that is spoken is remembered longer than the one what is written brother jack who did not reach here until late on wednesday though he left the college very early on monday morning and rode with all due diligence considering the snow brought an orange to each of the grandmothers but alas they were frozen in his saddle-bags we soaked the frost out in cold water but i guess they was not as good as they should have been 
End of Section 14.